So we're going to do something uh, kind of like we did last week where we kind of start with just a little conversation about what's happening with Cold Wax Academy before we get into the, the main episode. So, uh, Rebecca, what's new with Cold Wax Academy? Well, we are just about done with summer quarter, just a um, couple episodes left, and it's been a good uh, good run through things like principles of design, which are really important for composition. And we had a really interesting panel of people who own galleries. We invited four gallery owners on from different parts of the country and talked about uh, gallery artist relationships. And, um, you know, we always invite um, members to submit work for our end of the quarter critique. And we usually give them specific guidelines for what we're looking for. And then we shape a session around that. So even though we're near the end of the quarter, you can join anytime and you can um, listen to all these past recordings, which cover all the topics we've We've looked at in a lot of depth over the last two years now. We started it in October 2020, so it's been closing in on two years now, and there's a lot of content there. How many people participate in that that membership critique? Uh, in the critique, we, we often get, oh gosh, 20, 30 submissions, and we go through those and pick out the ones that we feel will have the most uh, learning opportunity for the people that are watching and use them, uh, use our choices to point out certain things that we've been teaching about. So uh, once again, you can uh, sign up for that at coldwaxacademy.com. If you want to uh, view that that panel uh, with the, the gallery owners, that those are uh, recorded sessions that you can still have access to, uh, as well as everything uh, in the, the member library going back. How many years? You said two or three years? It's, it's, it's almost two years now. We started, two years. Um, we started this in October 2020 during the first year of the pandemic. That was kind of what motivated us to start online teaching. And so uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that you can access by this point. All right. So once again, that's coldwaxacademy.com. And now we're going to get into the episode. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Techner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about confidence for artists. As artists and as creative entrepreneurs, we all know the challenges of building confidence in our own attitudes and in our encounters with people we want to engage with our work. To a large extent, we invent ourselves as we go along, developing a vision for our work and an audience to appreciate it. And often we tackle all of this without much emotional or practical support. And the times when we struggle have a way of depleting our confidence. Today, we will talk about understanding the role of confidence in your work and in your business dealings. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So the topic of confidence came up pretty briefly in a recent Cold Wax Academy online session. And we were talking about personal voice and art, which was one of our topics this quarter. And a member commented that the more she allowed her true voice to come through in her work, the more confident she felt. And just that little remark got me thinking about what confidence means um, to artists and how there are different ways that confidence plays into our lives. So there's, you know, confidence in the studio, and there's also the confidence it takes to put our work out in front of the public. So it's kind of, to me, almost two different 
um, places where it's, you know, where it's important. Um, but at its root, I just feel like confidence is so important, however much you can develop it, however much you can access it, because it gives you energy, it gives you optimism, it gives you motivation, and just this kind of positive mindset, because you are going to go through ups and downs in your work and your creative practice. Um, it's inevitable. And so confidence can get you through it. Um, but it can unfortunately also be kind of fragile. <laughs> so, so where does it come from? Like, where does it start? And I think confidence in your work itself has to come first, has to be the basis. Um, the actual work that you're doing, you have to feel good about it. Um, and I, I see that playing out differently in the, in your private relationship with your own work differently than in your more public dealings. And of course they're related, but um, I think the aspect of dealing with, with marketing, with galleries, with exhibits and so on, it's another step. And, and for some people it's probably always going to be a struggle to maintain confidence in the face of those outside um, encounters uh, but I think that you can find ways of coping with the outside world as long as you, you have your basic confidence in what you do and your work. Um, and I just want to start by saying confidence does not mean that you think everything you do is great. You know, like that might be your initial idea. Well, I don't have confidence because I don't think my work is that great. Well, that's not what it's about, I don't think. It's not about ego. It's not about building yourself up. Because I think if you base your confidence in your work on some idea of, you know, just being wonderful, just personal, personally wonderful, that is setting up unrealistic standards for yourself. And it's setting yourself up to feel bad when you don't achieve that. You know, when you, when you know, honestly, it's not quite there yet. And I would say, if you think confidence is coming from, more or less egotistical standards, it's bound to be shaky because there's always going to be times when that's challenged and tough times and criticism and obstacles. So to me, um, confidence has a component, a big component, maybe a basis in actually being humble, <laughs> uh, knowing you have human failings. And it means you're not setting yourself on a course to be knocked down you know, that you're understanding from the beginning that you're not going to do everything right. And so that way, when things aren't right and don't go right, it's not a blow to your confidence as much as, okay, well, maybe I can learn from that. And so to me, it's based in realistic uh, ideas about yourself, goals, standards for yourself, and then getting to those incrementally, um, and that just seems healthier. It seems like you're protecting yourself that way from this um, attack on your confidence that can come from your own thoughts. It can come from the outside. Uh, but it's always going to, there's always going to be that challenge. I mean, I, I think no matter how far along you are, how far developed you are, that you can still be, will be vulnerable to that. And we did, I think we touched on this when we talked about vulnerability a few weeks ago. Um, that, and, and confidence is an area where, you know, <laughs> we can be undercut pretty easily and we can do it to ourselves as well. So what do you recommend, uh, 
I mean, I, I'm I'm speaking for myself here, you know, but mm-hmm. um, there there was a time in my life where I had a lot of confidence, and um, I was seeing really good growth and development in my business. Um, and, uh, you know, longtime listeners will know that I lost my business during COVID, um, and bouncing back from that has been incredibly difficult. And, uh, like right now it kind of feels like everything I do is a miss, you know, I, I, I haven't been able to, to really hit my stride again since then. Um, yeah. And I think that these aspects of confidence, you know, it's not just an artistic thing for sure. It can, it can happen in your business. It can happen in so many ways. Um, I mean, I would imagine that this happens for artists all the time, where they they have a a series or something that does very well um, and mm-hmm. is very well received, and then they're as they develop and their their follow up work, uh, whatever they do next, just never seems to get back to that place again. Oh yeah, and you I mean you see it with people writing their their second novel, you know, the first one's a big hit and then there's that that aspect of okay, now what are you going to do, you know? Um so yeah, I think in every part of life there's ways that you can that you can feel undermined in terms of confidence and I do think it gets back to that sort of awareness of of ups and downs they're they're like accepting being willing to acknowledge that that's going to happen um and you can feel really confident for a while with with how things are going and you can feel really good about your work and your dealings with others but sort of knowing that things always change i mean and the more kind of constrained or rigid your own view is of how things ought to be because they used to be or because it's what you want to be in the future um then when you have these downtimes, it's harder. I think it's it's more difficult uh, if you if you're not more flexible in just understanding that yeah things come and go. I mean I I can think of uh, situations I had with galleries over the years where it was going really well and things were great, you know, and then all of a sudden it it falls apart for one reason or another, and it's just yeah, it feels awful, you know, and you think, even if you had no personal part in it, you know, even if something came at you from the outside, then you think, okay, but how do I pick up and go on, you know, and it, I think one of the biggest things to me is to take action, to do something. Um, I think that taking action is really part of gaining confidence and keeping your confidence um, so that you can at least see some small steps and doing something to keep moving forward uh, rather than getting, you know, too bogged down in what's gone wrong or what's fallen apart. Um, and that, again, is true in a lot of areas of life. And it, it's it's like the kind of advice also that's easy to say and hard to do. <laughs> and, and I mean, it doesn't always, it can be very hard to keep going, to, to come up with something new, what's okay, now what's the next thing, you know. But when you're actively doing something, I think confidence is there in the fact that you're doing something. I mean, it's like it's tied in together. And so if you're not doing something, it's easier to feel over overcome by it. And, you know, speaking from experience, I mean, <laughs> it's been a... It's been a long art career for me and a good one overall, but there have definitely been times when I felt very discouraged and I felt 
you know, what do I do now? It's kind of falling apart on me. Um, I think in an art practice, too, knowing that some of what you do is practice. You know, some of what you do is not going to be that great. And it's easy to let your confidence slip away when you're trying out new things and they don't work out or they're not quite right for you. And as you mentioned, um, you know, maybe you, you started in on a series that's going really well and then it sort of falls apart or you have an exhibit and you sell a lot of work from that exhibit and then the next time around, nothing, you know. And so you start questioning and, and feeling your confidence slip a little bit. What's going on here? Have I, am I not as good as I used to be? Am I not performing as I used to? Um, again, in terms of art and probably other areas too, a lot of it is skill. You know, a lot of it is knowledge in order to have true confidence. And for artists, until you can really work well with whatever it is you do, your medium, um, you can't really rely on your skill to get where you want to be. So Part of confidence, as I said earlier, is being kind of humble, acknowledging I have a lot to learn. Um, and and so you're undergoing a process. And again, you're, you're active, you're doing something, you're not there yet. But that doesn't mean you lack confidence. Um, it means you recognize that you're working on something, but you're not quite there yet. Uh, again, for artists, I think finishing things. And oftentimes I hear artists say, I can't seem to finish anything. I've got all these unfinished paintings or whatever it is sitting around. <laughs> um, if you can't finish things, if you can't follow through on things, then you're kind of always in a state of limbo. And I think it's hard to feel confident when you don't have anything finished to show for your efforts. Um, sometimes you will finish them in ways that aren't the best, that you're not that happy about. But again, that forward momentum, that continuing to take action, you know, finish them as best as you can right now and move on. And, you know, keep moving, not get mired down in what you weren't able to finish. Um, the next thing I thought of, this is pretty much a life skill, I will say. <laughs> Try not to compare yourself with other people. It's really, it's so basic. Um, but again, getting back to that certain sort of humbleness, if you start to think of yourself as better than other people or not as good as other people, um, that sort of comparison just it just doesn't work. It's just no matter what you're dealing with it, I don't feel like it's a good approach. Um, because acknowledging that everybody's on their own path, you know. Um, so if you can tune out what other people are accomplishing or doing and try to understand what it is that makes you feel confident, what what are like three things in the immediate future that could help you feel more confident? And, you know, small goals, break it down, aim for that, um, even writing things down. Um, those Those smaller goals... I mean, I think anybody who writes about this topic, works with people at Building Confidence, will talk about attaining small goals and trying not to see the big picture as overly discouraging, um, getting getting a few things done. Um, and, and all that said, and I've tried to make sort of a distinction between outside 
validation, the things that happen outside yourself that make you feel confident in the art world, sales, exhibits, etc. Um, trying not to rely too heavily on that because in the art world, what sells is not necessarily an indication of good art. And I think that for you to feel confident as an artist, you have to pursue your values and your own art and try not to be swayed by that sort of thing. Um, I will say over a, a career, over a number of years, when you start to have consistent sales, you have collectors, you have you know, exhibits that come up periodically, yeah, absolutely, that does build confidence. I'm not going to say it doesn't. But in the short term, focusing on that outside validation can be a distraction because it starts in the studio. It starts with your work and what what you're doing um, and, and, and feeling authentic about your work. And that gets back to that first comment that I started out with from, from the uh, student on the online um, lesson saying, when she was authentic in her in her work, she felt more confident, and it wasn't you know derivative. It didn't feel like somebody else felt like her. That's pretty. That's pretty ground rule, you know, for for feeling confidence that you're connecting. You've you've made that connection with yourself. Yeah, and I would add too um, that I I think a good way to build confidence is to is to get involved in something kind of beyond yourself um, and to, to have maybe a broader vision or, or to mm. do something for other people, some volunteering. I know that you've contributed art to uh, various causes in the past. Um, you know, if you if there's something that you feel passionate about and you want to help other people, mm -hmm. um, you know, that can be a good way to do it. I, I think producing this podcast is, is an example, too, of, um, you know, something that, that can be – uh, really beneficial to other people that that is uh, that you're kind of just putting out there for free, you know. I'm, yeah. And and so I mean we do this every week, and um, you know if so, if somebody does want to to help us out, then using our Blick affiliate link I think is is uh, you know always what I recommend. That's messystudiopodcast.com/blick when you order your art supplies. Um, but it's you know this is something that we we put out for the whole world for free, um, and mm -hmm. I like it's something I look forward to every week. Yeah, and I think it, it does tie in with confidence because every week when we do this, we have to delve deeply into our own thoughts about things and to have a deep conversation. And, you know, it feels good. It feels good to be able to have that conversation. And as you say, to, to think beyond your own situation, what can you offer other people? You know, what can you... Um, out of your own skill set, out of your own strengths, I do believe that really is a confidence builder. And especially when you, when you feel um, that appreciation coming back to you in whatever form, as you just mentioned, you know, supporting the podcast with the Blick link or however it is, people often um, write uh, emails, notes, and things of appreciation, and. Every time, you know, you just feel, okay, I was able to give something to people. And even though we all struggle with those moments of doubt and self-doubt, um, somebody's, somebody's buying it, you know, somebody's picking up what you're saying, and they're finding it useful. And that is, um, that really helps, you know, it does uh, build confidence in your ideas, and ideas are important too. <laughs> so, um, 
I I wanted I wanted to get into a little bit more about this this kind of disconnect then when you're dealing with the outside world. So so far we've been focusing more on that inner sense, that inner confidence, how you build it, um, things that make you you know feel feel worthy, feel like you're giving, um, feel like you're connecting with your work, all those things. So that's super important. That's that's the real basis. Um, but when you have to project outward <laughs> and you, if you're taking those steps uh, of showing your work or promoting whatever it is you do to the outside world, uh, of course it helps if you really feel it inside. But I would also say there are a lot of people navigating this outer world while they lack some confidence inside. And even people who appear very successful may struggle with this. And, you know, we talk about imposter syndrome, where people feel like, oh, everybody else thinks I've got it together, but inside, I'm not so sure I do. <laughs> um, and, and yet, you know, there are a lot of people that are navigating their way through this larger world, through this through their commitments to other people and steps to reach their goals and showing their work and so on in the larger community. So even though I, you know, we've been talking about the importance of this inner confidence, I would say ideally, yeah, you're, you're waiting for that solid confidence in yourself and your own work in order to step out into the rest of the world. That, that's ideal. But is it practical? I, I would say probably not because <laughs> I think, I think you're going at any stage, when you have something to offer the world, at any stage, you're going to encounter opportunities uh, that require you to go a little bit outside of that comfort zone, if you want to call it that. Um, and they require you to challenge your sense of confidence. Uh, maybe you're asked to speak to a group, or maybe you have uh, you've been networking a little bit and you hear about a gallery that's you know looking for work and you think okay now's my chance I can go in and talk and yet inside you're feeling you know vulnerable we've talked about vulnerable in, in an earlier podcast but you know doing that stuff even though you're not confident and sometimes we call it faking it or faking it till you make it or whatever um but when you're called upon to do something that is out of your comfort zone, challenging your confidence, all those things, and you do it, you're probably going to do just fine. And even if you don't do just fine, you will have learned something. Um, but once you do it and you have some success or you feel like, well, I didn't do too badly at that at least, you know, um, then, okay, what's next? You know, I did that thing. I've got a little bit more confidence in dealing with the bigger world. Um, so the flip side of that is if you say, well, you know, I really don't have the confidence to do that. I don't think that's a good excuse to not try something. It's pushing yourself. It's hard. Um, but you don't know till you try it. And it may be the thing that, you know, that gives you that next step up that makes you say, okay, I talked to that gallery owner uh, she didn't really want my work, but we had a good conversation or something, you know, it, maybe, maybe I didn't get the success that I was looking for. But again, that sort of humble acknowledgement that, okay, it's going to take a number of steps. That was step one. What's next, you know? Um, 
So I think any of these situations where you're dealing with the outer world with your work, which is highly personal. And again, this is <laughs> we talked about the that <laughs> dealing with the personal and the professional. So now you're stepping outside of your personal studio to be to have a more professional encounter. Um, anytime that happens and you feel like you're being evaluated, you're being judged, you're being, oh, do we want your work in the gallery? Uh, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that, wow, that is hard to maintain confidence when you're doing that. I, I don't think there's an easy answer for that. I think it depends a lot on personality and um, especially if you're, you know, more shy or something. And this is, it's a huge challenge. And And all I would say is that it helps to have some understanding of how that outer world is working, is not judging you really as a person or necessarily even as an artist. Because if you're dealing with marketing your work, you're dealing with the business side of art, um, the people that you're talking to, their focus, their motivations, what they're looking for in selling your work is probably different from your view of your own work because they're they're evaluating it in terms of their clientele. Uh, they do they have clients in mind who would be interested in this type of work? You don't really necessarily know that, and you may assume, oh, they don't think I'm very good. You know, <laughs> that may not be it. And I, I had an interesting conversation with, with a gallery that I work with, and it's it's gone very well. Uh, when the owner was in my studio, when I was showing her different things, as she was start, uh, she was choosing work that she wanted to, to bring into the gallery, so it was very positive. I showed her one painting, and she looked at it and said, "Hmm." And and when her words were, "I can't think of I can't think of a client that would." match that painting kind of thing. Like, I can't think of who would want that in her database, in her mind. She wasn't coming up with somebody who would connect with that painting. Well, that's just a very uh, observant, you know, kind of objective thing to say. Uh, at the same time, I thought, oh, really? You know, isn't it good enough? And I thought about it later. I thought, no, that is the business perspective. So when you, you realize that that's how people are talking to you, how they're looking at you, um, I think it may help a bit in terms of your confidence to know it's it's not a personal rejection. Um, and even if you're submitting to, say, a juried show or something, there are a lot of things that go on behind the scene that are going to determine the juror picking you or not picking you for the exhibit. And it may have to do with, you know, a certain vision for the show overall, maybe a certain theme that the juror decides is going to run through all their selections, that kind of thing. You don't know, you know, and it's too easy to feel undermined by things where you actually don't have the complete picture. And you can take it on yourself and say, oh, well, I guess I'm not good enough. But we hardly ever know everything that's going on, you know, no matter what we're dealing with. There's always these hidden stories and hidden agendas and so on. Well, and, and you know, speaking as somebody who really is struggling with this right now, um, I think it's important to really try to detach yourself emotionally from those situations um, mm -hmm. and and really just just try to not have overly high expectations Mm -hmm. Um, keep a smile on, keep putting one foot in front of the other. And yeah. 
Um, just, just keep on doing the next thing, whatever the next thing is, just keep on doing that. Right. And, and, and if you feel yourself getting derailed and this can, this can happen kind of unexpectedly, like maybe somebody makes some kind of remark to you that, you know, just kind of an offhand remark to them and you hear it, you think, oh, you know, wow. And you, you take it very personally and you apply it and you think, oh no, you know, and, and they may not even realize they've upset you, but it's just something that they didn't put a lot of thought into, or it could be more pointed. You know, somebody could say something rather critical to you. Um, and I think it's really hard to maintain confidence when, when you feel blindsided like that, you know, I think it's happened to everyone and it's, it just sort of takes you back, you know, and what, uh, I, I tend to want to curl up in a little ball somewhere, you know, just like, <laughs> I, but in, in a metaphorical way, I think going into your space, wherever you feel confident if something like that happens, if is it your studio, is it an, a walk in nature where you can curl up for a little bit and just kind of lick your wounds and come back? That's okay. Sometimes I think we have to take that break if we've been upset by something and, and just try to try to find your footing again. And and again, as you know, recognize that it's just one person saying one thing in one situation and not to take it too personally, to try to stay objective about it is I I would say it's a challenge. Again, depending on personality. Some people take things much harder than other people. Some people stuff rolls off their back all the time. And I mean, if you're a sensitive person, I think you can just look at that and wonder. <laughs> just like, I wouldn't mind a little bit more of that myself. Um, but you know your own personality, and you know what's going to help you get get your sense of yourself back, and that sense of self is your confidence. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yeah, there really aren't any easy answers, <laughs> I would say. There's no, you know, specific path, except for some of the things we brought up, I hope are helpful to to find this confidence, to maintain this confidence uh, in your own work and in dealing with the outside world. Um, but maybe it helps to know how common this problem is, even, even for people who would seem to have it all in terms of success, recognition, you know, it it's surprising sometimes to know that people still struggle with this. And when, when you're talking about your work, when you're thinking about your own work and you feel a lack of confidence, I do think that self-criticism is important. It's how we make our work better. But to do it with a certain compassion for yourself, and I know we've given this advice before in the podcast, talk to yourself the way you would talk to somebody else if you were you know, being supportive, not uh, unreasonably negative, and and telling them things that you think will help, that's the kind of thing you can say to yourself that can build your own confidence and at the same time allow you to push yourself a bit because you this self-critical look at yourself, what you're doing, your work, I mean, that's super important. That, that's that's being honest um, and, and not letting you know, ego or some sort of unreal picture of yourself get bound up in your confidence because that's when it's going to crumble. That's when you truly are vulnerable. I think when it's, it's not really solid. Um, 
And I think that dealing with the outside world is always a challenge, but it easier it is easier if you have this inner confidence. Um, and then, as we mentioned earlier, kind of accepting challenges at least incrementally to grow, to gain confidence with that outside world, um, so that over time, you know, in in the public eye and in, in this more public way, whatever it is, you can feel more genuine confidence at least. If if it may take you a lifetime to really feel it fully. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rosstickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.